0: Thank you all. Um, this is, uh, before I go into my sermon, I will say this has been 10 years in the making. I started the, uh, the ordination process back in 2011, and to put that into perspective, that's three presidential administrations ago. Um, Julie can tell you that Senate confirmations are easier than getting through the Board of Ordained Ministry in the United Methodist Church. Um, thank you all, uh, those who've sent emails. Um, over the last few weeks, knowing uh, what I was getting ready for. I will be ordained hopefully June 17th. That's the plan as of now in uh, Hampton, Virginia. Just a short drive from Virginia Beach. So if anybody wants to come down, uh, it'll be happening there on a Friday night. I know, it sounds exciting. Friday night, three hour long church service. Why wouldn't you want to drive four and a half hours for that? Um, (laughs) Camden, you, you don't have a choice. All right, let's Let's get to the sermon. Swiss theologian Karl Barth, one of my absolute favorite theologians of all time, famously said, take your Bible and take your newspaper and read them both. Most preachers stop there when it comes to this quote from arguably the greatest historian of the modern era. But there's more to this quote. Take your Bible and take your newspaper and read them both but interpret newspapers from your Bible. And this morning, together, we're going to attempt to do that. Three days after Easter in 2019, the New York Times ran an opinion piece featuring a conversation between New York Times staff writer Nicholas Kristof and, at the time, the newly minted president of Union Theological Seminary in New York City. Reverend Dr. Serene Jones. This conversation was edited down to save column inches, so Christoph begins the conversation with a doozy of a question. In the published interview, he asked, Do you think of Easter as literal flesh and blood resurrection? Reverend Dr. Jones first answered this question without answering the question, so Christoph... Pushed her on the point. He said, without the physical resurrection, isn't there a risk that we are left with just the crucifixion? Dr. Jones skirted the question two more times in the interview. But Christoph, he was persistent. He said, isn't Christianity without a physical resurrection less powerful and awesome? At this point... Reverend Dr. Jones had to answer the question. She said, for Christians, for whom the resurrection becomes some sort of an obsession, that seems to me to be a pretty wobbly faith. This interview published in the New York Times back in 2019 is precisely the conversation that was occurring in the Corinthian church that the Apostle Paul is addressing in our scripture reading. Paul said, Christ died for our sins in line with the Scriptures. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose in line with the Scriptures. And Paul continues in next week's reading, doubling down, saying, If Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching is useless. Our faith is useless if we have a hope in Christ only in this life, then we deserve to be pitied more than anyone else. Paul is addressing what is perhaps the longest running question the church has wrestled with since Jesus' body was placed in the tomb and that stone was rolled in front to lock his body inside. Throughout his letters, Paul points to the fact That Jesus is risen. Paul does not point to the parables of Jesus or even the miracles. Instead, Paul points to that which is entirely beyond reason, yet is entirely not unreasonable to believe. The church, our church, is full of people with unorthodox beliefs and practices. This has been the case. It is the case, and it will be the case until the resurrected Christ returns and his kingdom is fully realized. To people like Reverend Dr. Jones, to those of you who might cross your fingers or your toes as we recite creeds, you're not devoid of a spiritual connection with God because, well, that's not how God operates. God does not punish us for our beliefs or lack of belief. For that matter, God doesn't give us extra credit if we believe our beliefs are better than others. So, if you chalk Easter up to a fool's day, or that one Sunday a year when it's impossible to get a last-minute brunch reservation, that's fine. I'm here to tell you, you do not have to believe that the resurrection actually happened. Your disbelief, along with your belief, does not change that the entirety of the New Testament corroborated, according by Paul, by the witness of Cephas, the twelve disciples, 500 people, which it's actually more than 500 people because according to Jewish custom at the time, Paul only included the men in his calculations, And in that 500 plus group of people was Jesus' half-brother, James. James wasn't actually an apostle who followed Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. James thought his half-brother was bat-beep-crazy and didn't actually believe that his brother was the Messiah until after the resurrection. All of those people understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be an event, a fact that happened in human history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to the New Testament, is not a myth or a metaphor. It's not a fairy tale story. The resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the New Testament, according to the traditions of the church, according to the belief of the church, the Catholic church, not just the Catholic church in Rome, but the Catholic universal church, is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is fact. Christianity, Paul tells us, is not a set of moral teachings or a group of practices you must master before the salvific work of God is yours. Christianity is news. It is news of what Jesus Christ has done for you, with you not having to have done anything yourself. The news, this news is the gospel, the news of what God has done for you despite your failures. No matter how hard you've tried to love God or your neighbor as much as you love yourself. The gospel is not how to build a better self. The gospel is not how to build a better world. The gospel is not telling someone who they can or they cannot love. The gospel is not spirituality, service projects, or political influence. The gospel is the news that the tomb is empty. The gospel is the news that a better world has been built. The gospel is the news that Jesus Christ is risen. And this is the most urgent endeavor of the church. As this news is what separates the church. This news is what separates us from secular liberal do-gooders and those who might attempt to prescribe legislative morality. The news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ comes to us as a surprise because conventional wisdom tells us that what we have received is entirely incomprehensible, implausible, and downright BS. Reverend Dr. Jones' predecessor. See, Camden, I was going to get to talk about Howard Thurman today. Nana, nana, boo-boo. Reverend Dr. Jones' predecessor is theologian, Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman. And he said this of the surprising news that the church bears witness to. Here's what he wrote. It carries with it the element of elation, life of something over and beyond the surprise itself. This meaning has to do with the very ground, the foundation of hope about the nature of life itself It is as if a man, stumbling in the darkness, having lost his way, finds the spot at which he falls to be the foot of a stairway that leads from darkness into light. This news of the gospel, the news of Christ's resurrection, is what takes us out of darkness and moves us into light the gospel, good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's vindication over the power of sin and death in this life. It's simply good news. It's good news because what happened on the cross and because what Jesus and because Jesus is risen. Because of those facts, all of your failures to adequately answer the question, what would Jesus do? are forgiven. It is once And for all, forgiveness for you. And the tomb remains empty so that you will remember that your sins, the one that those people will never let you forget, and the ones you can never forgive yourself for, all of your sins are forgotten. They're forgiven. They have been buried with Jesus Christ in His death. And in the light of the good news of His resurrection, his perfect righteousness is now yours. This is the best news. This is gospel good news. And this is the good news that we proclaim as a church week after week after week. It is the best kind of broken record because it does not matter if you are an orthodox stick in the mud or an unorthodox heretic it does not matter if you cling to the resurrection news or find it utterly impossible to believe because you are not who they say you are you are not what you have done and you are not what you believe because of the good news encountered by the apostle paul on the road to damascus christ resurrected Because of the witness of the church for the last 2,000 years, you are who Jesus is. You are a beloved child of God. You are what he has done. You are perfect, made perfect by his righteousness and unwavering love. Amen.